semester three, episode eight of our Just Admit It podcast, where former deans and directors of admission give expert insight into the complex college admissions landscape. I'm Robin, a former senior assistant director of admission at Georgetown University, and joining me today is my Ivy Wise friend and colleague, Joaquin, who is a former admissions officer at Occidental College. In this episode, we're going to discuss what ninth and 10th graders should be doing now to prepare for the competitive college admissions process. So Joaquin, thanks so much for joining me today. Uh, as we both know, this is a really busy time of year, especially for seniors as they are working on their college applications. But this is a really good time to, to talk about what younger students can be doing now in thinking ahead towards the college application process, specifically ninth and 10th graders. So I think we can maybe start things off by just starting with those ninth graders and what things they can be focusing on now so they are best prepared for the application process they'll likely be going through uh, in just a few more years. That sounds great to me, Robin. I want to start off really and just interject that I, um, with gratitude, and say if you are tuning in today, it means you're taking this process seriously, you're starting early, um, and that we're going to start off by talking about academics and curriculum. Uh, then we will move into testing, standardized testing, and how that fits into this process. And then we'll talk about um, activities and extracurricular um, clubs that you might be a part of. So, uh, Robin, if you want to get us started with the ninth grade um, tips for academics and curriculum, that'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. So it, it, it comes as no surprise that academics are an important component um, to, to bear in mind when we think about the, the college application process. And, you know, thinking specifically to ninth grade, um, perhaps being new to your high school and obviously new to the, the rigor of courses that you encounter in a high school environment, I, I think it's important to take a step back from the specifics related to academics and just talk a little bit more in general about the importance of setting the tone early on in terms of good study habits, first and foremost. Um, and also thinking about the goals that you, the student, have in terms of where you would like to be eventually in, in four years, um, you know, in, in your senior year. But I think really starting off with that good study habits, taking notes in class, getting in the habit of reviewing those notes daily, um, really starting to figure out what organizational skills work best for you. And part of that might include figuring out if there's a certain maybe area in your, in your home where you are most productive. And that might also entail, you know, silencing that phone, putting it on do not disturb so you can really focus and start to establish those good habits early on because once those are more ingrained in, in you, that's going to grow in terms of those academic courses that you're taking, the more challenging courses that you're potentially encountering in, in high school as well. In terms of you know, other organizational skills, get in the habit of using maybe a planner, um, an electronic planner um, or a calendar making lists, really prioritizing so you have a sense of how you can manage your work. Because I know often when I talk with younger students, many of them are surprised by just how much more time consuming uh, the work is that they're doing in, in high school. And so getting that foundation of those good solid study habits um, and making them just a part of your daily routine, I think is really key. And then building from there um, when it comes to academics. Um, Joaquin, what do you think in terms of 
looking more specifically at academic courses and things of that nature, what things might um, ninth graders be doing in that regard? Absolutely. And Robin, I just want to echo what you said earlier, that the official high school transcript begins in the ninth grade. So every grade matters. And it's important that not only are you concentrating on how you can achieve or maximize your potential in a course, but that you're, but that you're also aware of what your school's curriculum offers and that you're also taking a very challenging curriculum will be very important. So if your school offers AP courses or honors courses or the IB, you need to look into that and know what course prerequisite courses you should take to set you up to take the most advanced curriculum um, in your junior and senior years. So it starts in ninth grade, being aware of what path you wanna be on. Um, I think it's also important that colleges like to see a student complete an ultimate level of um, curriculum in a specific subject. So if a student is, for example, very strong in math, they should aim to take AP Calculus BC if that is offered at their school. Um, but making sure that they're challenging their, their, themselves and being aware of what it will take to be in the ultimate course level or um, yeah, um, course level in a specific subject. I also recommend that my students start getting in the habit of advocating for themselves and cultivating relationships in addition to taking notes and reviewing those daily because some schools will have um, final exams starting in the ninth grade and final exams can be cumulative. And so if a student is reviewing their notes daily, it'll make it easier when it comes to those final exams for their courses. And in addition to that, cultivating relationships and self-advocacy starts in the ninth grade. So meeting with your teachers or being putting yourself out there to get comfortable talking to adults outside of the class time, whether it's to um, ask a specific question about a subject or um, to maybe share what you've researched outside of class on a specific topic that was maybe covered during a course lecture can be a really great way of cultivating relationships. And this is good practice that will serve you not only in ninth grade, 10th grade, and throughout high school, but also when you go to college. Um, so those are a few things to consider as you look at your academic curriculum and plan for high school. Let's talk about 10th grade or yeah, let's look at the 10th grade, Robin, and see um, what what tips would we have for students in the 10th grade? Yeah, I think that in, in some ways, a lot of the tips just further build upon um, some of the points that both of us just made when it comes to um, what students can be doing in ninth grade. Ideally, uh, in 10th grade, students have really kind of started to solidify um, those strong study skills and study habits. And if possible, they have been able to opt into um, more rigorous courses as well, um, whether it's an honors level or advanced or AP, it depends on what the terminology might be at the student's school. But if that's been an opportunity presented to them, hopefully they are enrolled in those classes and starting to get used to that the additional rigor, which might mean additional time commitment with homework and, and things like that. I also think that it's important when we talk about these more rigorous courses that students are taking courses that have the rigor, but also align with their ability, because we certainly want to see students be successful within those more rigorous courses that they're taking. So to your point about freshman year or ninth grade, I should say, 
it is important to, to look ahead and see what does it take in order for me to be able to enroll in, you know, AP calculus or AP English my senior year and do some backward planning. And so hopefully by sophomore year, students are on that path that will lead them to more rigorous options into 11th grade and, and 12th grade. I also think, you know, sophomore year can be a really exciting time for students to start to hone in on the subjects that they really enjoy. Um, That doesn't mean they have to know what they want to major in at all. (laughs) I think sometimes they think they have to know that already. Um, And you and I both know that's not the case. Um, In fact, I think it's much better to have a variety of interests and be open to exploring those interests. And so, That might mean that maybe you want to take a summer course, perhaps, that relates to a subject that you encountered in in your high school um, curriculum, but you're really intrigued and you'd like to delve into it a little bit more deeply, um, an online summer class or maybe a summer program um, available at a local college or, you know, college um, elsewhere uh, is is a great option as well. So I think those are some key components to to keep in mind um, from that academic perspective. Um, Anything you would add to that for 10th graders? I I would also echo what you said in terms of taking a rigorous course curriculum and also maintaining strong grades. I always get asked from my students, is it better to take a more rigorous course um, for, and, you know, maybe get the lower grade or should I take the the less rigorous course and get the A. Um, and I always tell them, take the more rigorous course and get the A. Um, exactly. <laughs> and so be mindful, right, about what your abilities are and taking a cur- course curriculum that's challenging, but commensurate with your ability. Um, so I love that you said that. I would echo that for advice in the sophomore year. I also liked what you said with regard to um, taking courses uh, in the summer that might Um, expand your horizon and a topic that maybe your school doesn't offer. Or if you are trying to position yourself to take an ultimate level in a specific subject and during the school year, you're, you're maybe not able to fit it into your course, the summer can be a great time to also get ahead and perhaps take a prerequisite course to get you on track to take the most rigorous course load um, in your junior and senior years. I also tell my students that this is the time to start looking at and explore national exams, whether it's in math, um, there are also opportunities in the arts. Um, And so when it comes to sort of on a national level, looking at academics, I I would explore options with your teachers about what exams might help you understand a topic further, but also position you on a national level. Um, I also tell my students that this is a very important time to get in the habit of saving papers, graded papers that will come in handy in your junior year, keeping a file where graded papers are kept. Getting in this habit in the sophomore year is really important so that by junior year, it's just something natural because some colleges in the application process will require graded papers. So just something for you to keep um, uh, on hand. Another piece that I would expl- uh, advise students to explore is if you are someone who's interested in the arts, um, you might consider creating an art portfolio or taking a summer course that helps you develop an art portfolio. Really looking at that with intention. If that's a skill set that you've started to cultivate, maybe growing it by creating an art portfolio in your sophomore year. And of course, you'll develop that even further into your junior year. I also think it's important to be aware of what academic awards and honors your school offers. So understanding if they have honor roll or honor society, 
for a year-end course award. I know the school that I used to teach at um, had, you know, um, subject awards at the end of the year, a history award or a math award. So be aware of what honors and awards your school offers, because that's another component to the academic piece that is part of the application process. I think uh, just to round us out, I think in terms of academics, I would really encourage students not to get grade focused or grade centered, but really think of this as your opportunity to um, develop and explore further. So like a summer course, for example, I have a student who took um, uh, was interested in art and thought fashion was the path they wanted to take. Uh, so they took a summer course at a, a school in California, a fashion course. And from that, they learned that fashion is actually not the route they want to go, that environmental sustainability and um, social justice is really the areas that they'd like to focus as a result of doing that summer course. So making sure that you are thinking intentionally about what um, summer um, programs could be enlightening for you, and maybe you'll discover something completely new and a path that you hadn't um, considered before. So, yeah, when we think about academics, I just think, you know, thinking of it broad, not getting grade centered, really looking for opportunities to discover what your talent, passion, and skills look like, and being intentional about what options you're taking um, academically is really important. As a former English teacher, I so appreciate that comment because it's so much more meaningful, I think, um, for the students' entire learning experience when it's more about learning for learning's sake versus the the grade that goes on the final transcript. And kind of going back to the point we made earlier about cultivating relationships with teachers, a teacher really tends to appreciate that student who comes in with additional questions about content maybe covered in class or something that maybe wasn't quite clear, or even if a student's just excited about a topic that came up in class versus a student that comes in. And I definitely had this experience, maybe you have as well, where the student says, well, how do I get an A? <laughs> yeah, don't do that, right? Or whatever <laughs> the case may be. Um, I appreciate the student who wants to excel, but learning the content, appreciating the content versus just being about um, end game self. Yeah, it's a great point. Um, There's a difference between being grade driven um, and curious. Um, uh, So it's important, I think, to be an active learner and make sure that you're demonstrating that. Um, I really appreciate that point as well that you're echoing. Should we look at Testing. So maybe we could move into testing. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I think that connected to academics is always that question of, of standardized testing and, and whatnot. And I think certainly when it comes to ninth grade, um, you know, first and foremost, I, I really don't want students to be overly obsessing many schools going test optional um, as well. So I think in terms of ninth grade, it it certainly doesn't hurt to perhaps sketch out a tentative testing plan and also maybe checking or pre-standardized tests that are available for for ninth graders. Some schools do have that um, as an option. So it's worth looking into, but certainly by, by no means does a student have to 
sit for an official uh, ACT or SAT their, their um, first year of high school. Um, it's much more about getting that strong academic foundation that, that we already um, spoke about. Now, that's in terms right. of 10th grade, though, like that's where we might see some differences, right? Um, and so what would you recommend to um, a 10th grader in terms of standardized testing um, suggestions? Yeah, I mean, I think it's really important in the 10th grade to start to understand your strengths um, and areas of maybe improvement. And if you are a student who is a strong standardized test taker, then I think exploring the options um, that might be available to you at your school even further is really important in the 10th grade. For example, some schools will offer a pre-ACT to 10th graders. And it's important to know that because you would have to sign up in most cases with your school counselor to sit for that practice exam. And again, it's practice, so it doesn't go on your record officially. Um, I think being aware again of other national exams that students can sit for um, if you are a strong standardized test taker. Now, on the other hand, if standardized test taking causes you anxiety, like you just said, Robin, I would recommend students not spend too much energy focusing on that portion of the college admission process, because it's not it less and less, um, or more and more rather, it's becoming less of a requirement at highly selective schools even. So I think that's something to be intentional about also, understanding your plan and making sure that you're aware that in the junior year, the PSAT is when students can take it to be eligible for national merit. National merit is something that the PSAT qualifies students for. It's determined by a selection index score, um, and each state has their own selection index minimum requirement. So being aware of what that looks like, and if you're a strong standardized test taker, making sure that in preparation for that junior year PSAT, you're thinking about one, signing up with your school counselor, and two, maybe doing just a little bit of prep to make sure you can make that semi-finalist status. That's a really good point because oftentimes we do get questions about the PSAT and what does that whole national merit semifinalist status mean and, and such. So I think that's a really helpful point for, for our listeners. And I, I think maybe just one thing I would add in terms of 10th grade and, and testing is that if, if possible, it, it's also a great time to take a diagnostic SAT um, and a, ACT uh, just to get a sense of which test might be the better test for you, for the student? Because they are different tests and they have different types of questions and you might have more success on one versus the other. Not only that, but taking a diagnostic test allows you to become more familiar with the actual test versus a practice, like a practice SAT, the PSAT. That's right. And so if you do have you know, the opportunity to take a diagnostic test, that will then give you a sense of which test is better for me and then focus on that single test as being the test you prepare for because colleges accept SAT or ACT. Um, it's not, not a matter of sending both score, sets of scores in. It's which one is the better test for you. And That's then in terms of, yeah, right, in terms of preparing for the test too, I often have found students will take part of summer after their sophomore year to begin preparing if they have that time available to them in the summer That's right. or starting maybe a little later in the summer and then on into um, the fall semester of their junior year, which for many of them leads to them taking an official SAT or ACT in December of their junior year. So that's, that's a timeline that 
often works for, for students. Um, it's by no means the, the only timeline that a student has to follow. But again, in 10th grade, it's a good time to start thinking through that and planning ahead because there's so many different moving pieces as far as getting registered for the test, et cetera, and figuring out what kind of test prep that you want to do. Prepare on your own, work with a tutor, attend a small class with other students preparing and, and that kind of thing as well. Yeah, I love that you just said that. Um, you had mentioned a diagnostic test and students can usually um, go to our IvyWise website and inquire about um, our test prep tutoring. And we do offer diagnostic tests for students in the ninth and 10th grade, if that's something that interests you and standardized testing is um, something you'd like to prepare for. So I'd encourage students to explore that as a possibility. And then like you said, having a plan for preparing for the official ACT um, or SAT is a really good strategy. And I would recommend that students consider taking it twice, but no more than three times. Colleges don't like students to make this an extracurricular activity. <laughs> and it's important that you're also aware of your other exam schedule within the calendar. So if your academic class has finals or um, you know important exams, that you're mindful of that and where they fall on the calendar so it doesn't conflict with you studying, preparing, and sitting for the real ACT or SAT. I think it's important that you also remember that your academic transcript is the most important piece in the application process. So whereas standardized test testing might be a strength of yours or something that you want to present in your file, then um, definitely be mindful and aware that your, your, your daily grades, your academic transcript is going to carry more weight in the process than the test scores and um, being mindful of how it might impact the preparation for these tests might impact your school calendar. So some students will look at taking it in the summer, for example, or um, during a time of the year when it's um, perhaps less demanding academically at their school. I also think it's important to um, be aware that standardized testing is something that is standard. So you can, you can definitely study for it and prepare and um, that it's one component of many um, that colleges will consider. So I don't want students to feel anxious uh, about this piece of the application process. I tend to see that this is one area that can cause students some anxiety. And so I just wanted to make that um, understood. Yeah, I think that's such a good point, um, 100%, because testing can cause really unnecessary anxiety, um, which we certainly don't want to see in, in students because there's more to just their high school experience than coursework and preparing for standardized tests. Um, there, there's activities, right? Um, activities is another important component um, that comes into play in the application uh, review process. And, you know, in terms of ninth grade with activities and, and such, I think for me, it kind of comes down to one word, um, explore, uh, you know, continue being involved in activities that, that you enjoy, but also don't be afraid to try out some, some new activities, new clubs, things that maybe you didn't have an option to um, partake in uh, during uh, eighth grade or, or whatever the case might be. And if there's clubs or organizations that, that support your academic or personal interests, 
give it a shot. Um, it, it, it's ninth grade. It doesn't mean you're committed <laughs> through 12th grade. Uh, it's a good time to, to figure out, you know, what, what do you like to do outside of the classroom? Like what, what gives you life um, outside, outside of the classroom? And in some ways, I, I often will encourage students too to think about ninth grade in, as being a fresh start. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, if, if there's something, again, you've always wanted to try, um, try out, why not? Um, you might really like it, or if you don't, that's okay. There's value in figuring out what you don't enjoy <laughs> just as much as there is value in doing what you, you know, are more inclined to, to, to want to do. Um, mm-hmm. and so I think for ninth graders, you know, th- there's not, a specific magical combination of activities that a college admissions office is necessarily looking for. And, and I think ninth grade be, is important to just be flexible, be willing um, to explore in that regard. Um, and what are your thoughts on that for ninth yeah, grade? Yeah, I really appreciate you um, encouraging students to explore their options. I think ninth grade is that that time to definitely um Maybe, like you said, take uh, join a club or an activity that they've always been interested in. And I would encourage students in the ninth grade to really think about and reflect on what their passion is. What is something that excites them? And also think through if you have developed a certain skill set, either let's say in the arts or athletic ability, that you start to seek out resources. And if you, for example, are an athlete, maybe talk to your coach about ways in which you can develop um, to position yourself to be um, competitive for um, a varsity level. For example, some students and asking their coaches about how to stay fit or develop a, a skill set in um, a specific sport might join a club team when season for their high school team is over. So there are various ways, I think, in the ninth grade, you can start to develop, continue developing relationships um, and also uh, seek resources and understanding of ways in which you can develop a skill set and and maybe explore those for the coming year. I was just going to say that you've made a good point in terms of, you know, as it relates to sports, but even other activities that even if it's there's a you know, a club sport that's sponsored by an organization in the local community or, you know, a community service organization or just another activity that's maybe not attached specifically to the school. There's just as much value in being part of those activities as there is to being involved with your school. Now, certainly from a college admissions perspective, um, admissions officers do want to see that a student is engaged with their school community. But if there are additional opportunities in your local community as well, colleges certainly appreciate seeing that type of involvement too. So it's it's good to sort of keep your options open, um, I think, in that regard when it comes to kind of picking and choosing what, what you do want to try out um, in, in that ninth grade year. That's right. And I do know that colleges are also um, um, appreciative of students, you know, commitments to their family. And if they have to take care of younger siblings or get a job to support the household, that's another important um, uh, responsibility. Uh, So in terms of activities, we use that word loosely. It doesn't necessarily have to be a club at your school, like you mentioned earlier. Um, But certainly, I think being conscientious of how you're contributing to your community whether it is the school community or perhaps your local neighborhood um, or perhaps even your family. 
Um, so there are various ways, I think, to show and demonstrate your involvement and contributions to um, a community. And thinking about that with intention in the ninth grade is great, especially because um, in the 10th grade, you start you want to start focusing a little bit more. Um, so can you talk, share with us, Robin, what, you, what advice you have for activities for 10th graders? Sure. I, I think for 10th grade, it's, it's a little bit of what I advise for, for ninth graders still continue to explore. Uh, but at the same time, you, you do want to start to establish uh, more consistent involvement um, because that sustained involvement over time that is potentially leading to leadership roles is something that college admissions counselors certainly uh, value. And so I always think for students that, you know, ideally by, by the end of sophomore year that they've really determined which activities uh, they, they'd like to remain, you know, invested in uh, throughout the remainder of high school, essentially. Um, and I think in terms of leadership roles, um, I, people will naturally think, oh, being the president of this or the, the founder of that, sometimes it's not about the title. It's more about how can you, as the student, leave a larger impact on that club, that sport, uh, that, that activity? Um, is there an impact initiative that, that you can bring to um, whatever it is that, that you're involved with. Um, and so just as there's value in identifying, you know, the activities you wish to remain part of and really, you know, maintain that time commitment, it's also time to really figure out what are the, the activities that aren't serving me necessarily mm -hmm. anymore um, mm -hmm. that, that maybe are no longer compelling um, to the student. And maybe it's time to let those go so you can be more intentional. Um, I love that you used that word um, a little while ago. Be intentional about the way you are sharing your time with others. It should be meaningful for you. And of course, at the same time, you're you're still a student, right? You're 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 trying to balance that that academic um, commitment you've made, um, that rigor, and you potentially have other responsibilities too. As you said, perhaps family responsibilities, or maybe there's a part time job. So that's why going back to kind of how we started this whole conversation, having those foundational skills, those organizational skills in place. So by the time in, you're in tenth grade. You, you are sort of really starting to chart your path forward in terms of how you are investing your time outside of the classroom. So that, that would, those would be kind of the key things I would emphasize. I really like that. And I would encourage students to really think of the sophomore year as a time to practice balance and refining your focus like you described, Robin. I think that's really important. And really honing in on what your passion and being aware of what your talent and skills are because those are the areas you probably want to focus on as you move closer to your junior year. And I think whereas you are um, not only a member and being thoughtful about how you can make your impact, if you desire or feel like you would like to at some point assume a leadership role either in your school community or in a club or activity, but you start to use the sophomore year to focus on leadership leadership development and what that might look like, perhaps starting with like, what are your core values and really honing those, honing in on those in the sophomore year so that by the time you reach your junior year, you have a vision of how you would like to impact your community based on the values that you find most important. I have a student, for example, who um, values, you know, education and art. And um, this student has since started a um, 
community resource that provides art classes to elementary age students. I have another student who is really passionate and uh, about business and um, is looking at starting a club for young women entrepreneurs. So there are various ways in which I think the sophomore year can be a neat time to really focus on balancing your schedule and also honing in on your core values so that you can really understand and be purposeful with how you want to impact your community, club, activity, whatever it might be. Um, I do think that's really important. It also is going to resonate nicely in your college application if you can demonstrate the areas that you have a focus or, again, a passion for. Um, starting to craft that narrative in the sophomore year by second semester, really having some ideas about ways in which you would like to impact your community. And I encourage my students to look at their core values as a starting point can be really helpful um, and communicate well in in the college admission process. Any reactions to that, Robin, or anything that you would add? Yeah, no, I think that those are all spot on, um, spot on comments. And, and I think too, we also start to see a connection with um, academics and activities in the sense that, you know, as you and I have both been saying, you know, this is a great time for students to really you know, uh, refine their passion and, and focus in terms of the things, doing the things they really enjoy. And it can be nice when some of those um, activities complement the students' academic interests as, as well. That's not to say they have to completely align, but admissions counselors do appreciate seeing um, students who have identified academic areas of interest and have been able to pursue those in, in other ways, whether that's been through um, some kind of organization they're part of or you know a summer program that they may have done. So I think that those are all really spot on points. And I think something else that students can even think about is, it's, it's important to start keeping track of these activities <laughs> as well, yes. whether that's in the form of a resume or, or something along those lines, um, because ultimately they will have to list uh, act their activities and the years in which they were involved in, in those activities on their college application. And so even starting, you know, as early as potentially even ninth grade and just keeping a little list of what they're doing um, and a brief description of maybe what they did uh, in, in that club. And then just building on that year by year, I, I think in the long run, the students will see that that will actually save them a little time <laughs> when they are completing their, their applications, um, you know, during, during their senior year. I love that. And I would just take that a step further, Robin, and say that I think it's important to save all certificates and honors acknowledgements either in a file um, and like you said starting early uh, ninth grade would be great because it makes it a lot easier to create that resume and I always tell my students that they should get in the habit of updating their resume after each semester because oftentimes in high school sometimes um, your participation may be over a semester time span and then you start a new activity or club or um, sport and so making sure 
sure that you're keeping an updated record or like you said, resume is a really important practice that will serve you well um, in the later years of high school, but also into college and then into adulthood. Um, I also think that the portfolio is something in the sophomore year that students who are interested in applying to art schools, or even if they're not interested in applying to art schools, but they have a talent and an ability in some artistic medium, that they start to cre uh, create an art portfolio and keep um, documentation of their evolution um, in, in art. I also would encourage students in their sophomore year who are playing sports to be mindful that the recruitment process for those that would like to continue playing a sport into college will begin in their junior year. So positioning themselves in their sophomore year for communication with college coaches, um, being mindful that that uh, rising junior summer is a, a really important time to create an athletic resume to make sure you're collecting your stats from your sport um, and then making sure that you um, are intentional with your communication to coaches. You can contact coaches. Um, coaches can contact you in your sophomore year or the summer rising to the junior year, um, but it's important to be mindful of how that athletic process, recruitment process will work as well, I think, ending the sophomore year. I think that's um, a great point, yeah. you, you know, and I think covering the academics, the testing, the activities, um, maybe we can just kind of wrap things up with just a few general, um, you know, college counseling tips for students yeah. moving forward. Yeah. Um, in looking at the overview, I, I would say that I typically recommend students attend college fairs and information sessions, whether they're at your school, um, as many admission officers will visit high schools um, during the fall semester. Uh, it's important for you to sign up and visit. And some schools will let um, students attend as early as sophomore year, but mostly it's junior and senior year. And then I would probably recommend um, that students also start to attend those local college fairs, one, to meet the admission officers who are reading the applications from their region, but also as a way to um, research the potential schools that they would be applying to. Robin, what other tips would you have in terms of general admission tips, college counseling tips? Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you in terms of, you know, attending local college fairs if those are available. If as a ninth grader or 10th grader, your school permits you to attend a college visit when a representative visits your school. I know some schools limit that to just juniors and seniors. But if there is someone from a university that you as a younger student happen to be interested in, there's absolutely no harm in attending a visit, getting a sense of what those are like and making a connection with the admissions officer. Um, at the same time, I always you know, want to remind younger students that they, they shouldn't feel like they have to create a college list and have it ready by ninth or 10th grade by any means. And certainly we encounter students that do have that college list already. Um, but I, I would use the that term explore once again. It's a time to explore if as a ninth grader and 10th grader, you are ready to explore different colleges that are out there. And because some students aren't quite at that point yet, and that is perfectly fine, perfectly fine. Yep. Um, I think in terms of you know the school counselor, if, if a student has that opportunity to make a connection with their school counselor, that's wonderful. Um, I think that goes back to your point earlier about being an, an, an advocate, being proactive and making those connections with the adults who are within that academic sphere. Um, so, so you can have those connections. Um, and I think as students perhaps start to identify 
again, they're more specific academic interests and things of that nature in terms of thinking about summer um, opportunities or maybe even opportunities during the school year, maybe shadowing um, an adult, a professional um, who works in a career that, that the student um, is considering or maybe even an internship um, opportunity uh, down the road, whether you know those occur during summer or during the school year. Again, that's going to give the student more insight into what it is you know they, they might start or that they might want to potentially study um, at the collegiate level or perhaps a career that they would they would want to pursue too. So those would be a couple other points that I would make. That's awesome. And I would also just to piggyback off of what you just said, in terms of the importance of meeting your school counselor, you can ask them um, if they would or do have access to a career and academic inventory that you can start to, you know, um, fill out or get a sense of what career path might might suit you. So using the school counselor as a resource is a great tip, Robin. I love that. I also really like the um, suggestion you made about um, internships and, and shadowing uh, career options is really important. And also being mindful of relationships. I think that's so important in getting in the practice of reaching out to your teachers and school counselor as in your junior year, it's going to become really important in identifying those teachers um, that will write your letters of recommendation. So um, great tips. Anything else you would mention, Robin? No, I, I wouldn't. I think we, we hit on a lot of, um, I think, helpful points for, for students and, and families. Um, so I, I just appreciate the opportunity to get to talk a little bit more about ninth and 10th grade, because as I said earlier, this time of year, it's so focused on um, seniors and, and getting them, you know, to helping them finish their application. So it's nice to kind of revisit what, what the younger students can be doing as well. So I appreciate having the chance to just talk to you about all of this. Excellent. And I appreciate you, Robin. You can tell that we're both very passionate about this, um, helping our students um, maximize their potential and explore college admission options is really important. So thank you for tuning in to Just Admitted. Catch up on all our previous episodes by visiting our podcast page and be sure to bookmark our IDY's knowledge base for additional help with navigating the complex and competitive college admission process. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok for more college prep resources. And stay tuned for our next episode in which we will share advice on how middle schoolers can prepare for the transition to high school. Thanks, everyone.